Welcome to Event Up, the place where people enthusiastic about events stay in the know on the latest trends within the events industry. Live, hybrid, and virtual experiences. From virtual events to conferences, award galas, and everything in between. Here's your host, Amanda Ma. Welcome to Event Up, the place to get the latest and greatest in event industry news, ideas, and topics. In this episode, we'll be discussing the event industry trends, virtual event platform, and the post-pandemic world, and much more. Today, I'm joined by Xiaoying Chu, CEO and founder of Run the World. If you guys haven't heard about her, make sure to look her up. Xiaoying Chu, she's the CEO and founder of Run the World, a leading virtual events platform for community building. Xiaoying is also a Forbes 30 under 30 LinkedIn top voice, and she's also female founder 100. She's so young, but so accomplished. She's an active and well-published product writer and tech influencer, currently running product columns in China with 7,000 paid subscribers on Geek Time and working on her upcoming book. She has been invited to speak at multiple international and national product conferences, as well as top universities such as Stanford, UC Berkeley, UT Austin, Claremont College, and more. She's a contributor for Forbes China, Hacker New, and was selected to be a resident Zim Fund, which is China's leading angel fund. So let's jump right in. You ready? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really honored to be here. Uh, this is Xiaoyin. So I was telling Xiaoyin, I invited her, I wanted to invite her to my show because I heard about her story. Not only is it a great platform, but I actually you know, know a little bit about why she started what sparked her inspiration for her platform. So can you just share with the audience a little bit about how you got into this industry, Shine? Yes, for sure. Uh, so I was born and raised in China. Uh, and before that, I worked in tech mostly at Facebook and Instagram. Uh, 2019, uh, my mom, who also you know always worked in China as a doctor, uh, went to Chicago for her first international conference. Uh, and uh, that was her first international conference. Uh, so it turns out she met another doctor from Dubai uh, who shared the same exact type of rare patient case. So it was super helpful for her to chat with the doctor and figure out what she wants to do with her patient. Uh, so back then they were meeting in person and that was her first international conference due to it was so hard to travel with visa uh, and everything. So she was thinking, hey, this conference is so helpful. I wish I can go every year, uh, but you know, but I can't. Uh, so at that time I was thinking, hey, what if we can digitize the whole experiences uh, of a conference, uh, not only the content sharing part, but also the relationship building part, maybe that can help my mom better. Uh, so that's kind of what we decided to start the company in 2019. Uh, we call this Run the World, uh, and we're trying to make a virtual events platform. Um, back then, it was um, that was not a thing at all uh, in 2019, so people thought that was a pretty stupid idea. Uh, and uh, luckily, I guess, um, also unfortunately, with the pandemic, uh, we we're seeing a lot of traction. All of a sudden, you know, we, we kind of uh, just took off. So, so that's kind of how we started the, the Run the World. That's awesome. And I think Xiaoying is so humble because she also has lots of celebrity that also was, is, was an investor. And that's actually how I heard about Run the World. Oh. Because all these celebrities start investing in this virtual platform. I'm like, I got to look it up. And then that's how I really, you know, embark on Xiaoying's story. So Xiaoying, you know, given the last year is like so crazy for the event industry, it completely disrupted our industry. What is something that you worked on 
that you're very proud of and why? Yeah, so uh, I guess when we first started, when we launched, it was like February 2020. So back then there was no uh, existing product, uh, you know, of our type. Uh, and then we actually invented something called a cocktail party, which enables uh, speed networking for uh, participants. Uh, and, and we're super happy to see that has became like has already become one of the most popular features that people like to use uh, to kind of have those kind of networking moments. Uh, and we're connecting, you know, hundreds of thousands of people just from the cocktail party alone, which is something that's super exciting. Uh, so yeah, and, and it was basically like a speed networking, everybody can come here for five minutes, or six minutes and we actually match you based on your interests, based on your jobs and based on your preferences. Uh, so we have a bunch of entrepreneurs actually met each other through the cocktail party uh, and then who decided to like actually partner to start a company together. So it's been something that's super rewarding to see. That's wonderful. And Run the Roll has really disrupted the industry, right? Because while a lot of different platforms really missing that engagement, that networking, you guys do that very well. I would say you really excel at it. And so where do you see this platform going? Yeah, um, I think we're moving forward. We're still really focusing on kind of helping more people build relationship. Uh, and so right now we're, we've been focusing on kind of building the initial interaction, which is through the speed networking. We've been really working on kind of enhancing the community engagement as well. Uh, one, one thing we've seen among the events is that a lot of the events now have uh, starting to do like more, the frequency of the events has increased. Uh, there are more of event, uh, more of those type of events um, and then they're hosting more events every year uh, so that people can have more interaction with other participants. Uh, so that is a trend that we have already uh, started to see more and more conferences, uh, companies, organizations adopt. So we wanted to make sure that we can help them foster a community before, after, and during the events as well. Um, but also making sure that through all this, like one event after another one, after another one, uh, we can keep these relationships going. Uh, and then so people can start connecting with each other uh, in between those events as well. Okay, I love that. I mean, even within our own industry before pandemic, we really only did live and hybrid events. We actually yeah. never done virtual event before. And all of a sudden in March, right? We just finished an event working with the White House and Secret Service and finishing a TikTok event. And we come back and a week later, shut down, right? <laughs> um, and then since then we've done over 130 virtual events. Right? Oh, so that's kind of Yeah, we really also pivoted and we help our client continue to connect with their people, even though it's through virtual. And there's ways to do it really well, but you really just need to find the right method, right platform. Perhaps you want to check out this platform. So Shine, there's you know a lot of great characteristics to your platform, but what would you say is the main feature or like the most popular when it comes to Run the World? Uh, I guess I mentioned the cocktail party, which is a really strong networking uh, product. Um, the other part of that's unique about us is that we're trying to, we're seeing a lot of the kind of the event organizer uh, have shifted. It's not just the events company, but also it could be employees, it could be managers, it could be uh, anybody who has like an organization or like a club. So we're trying to make, um, in addition to the conference product, we also have a separate product that kind of aim at those audience where everybody can be uh, throwing their own events uh, in a really easy and straightforward way. Uh, so that's another thing that uh, we, we've seen a lot of adoption, especially for um, you know those kind of regular events, each time maybe like one hour, two hours, short, but uh, they're really frequent. Um, that kind of, uh, we call this like a, our own like really fast uh, creating events tool uh, can be really, really helpful for more people to, to really host more events for more people to participate in as well. That's wonderful. And since you have seen so many virtual and hybrid events, do you have any best practices for our 
listeners yeah. today? Um, yeah, for sure. So I, I guess there's a few things. One is that uh, we actually found from the data that uh, it used to be 90 minutes, now 60 minutes is the magic number where you can have the most engagement. Once you have events that's longer than that, we're starting to see a lot of drop off for you know, how people will stay there. Uh, a lot of times you see you know, after 60 minutes, uh, people start dropping off dramatically. So, so that kind of tells you that you know, whenever you have an event, it's always better to have uh, segments of 60 minutes. Um, maybe we can host more of these, um, but not instead of having like a two hour, three, three hour segment where everybody uh, at, at that point dropped off. Uh, so, so that's one thing we've learned. Um, the other thing we're learning is, is really kind of, um, we're seeing more trends of people doing uh, hybrid events, but in different ways. So one kind of way that people do, do hybrid event is they have a conference that has both the virtual component as well as the physical component. Uh, for that type of hybrid event, the, we're seeing that, you know, they kind of divide it. Some, some of them are hybrid. Uh, some, of, some of the sessions are both available virtually and um, physically. Um, those can be the key, keynote speeches uh, or like some kind of a top, um, you know, speakers content or some celebrity content. But then we are also seeing some kind of deep dives in that case, they actually sometimes they have an in-person deep dive just for the in-person crowd, and then the virtual deep dive for some of the virtual crowds. So, so we see that kind of segment where uh, you design some programming for both virtual and physical, but then also have only in-person versus only virtual. Uh, when you like mix those, uh, that can be a pretty good format uh, for those events that has both the uh, component at the same time. The other type of virtual, uh, like the, the other type of hybrid events we're seeing um, is where um, some organization or communities, they're not having like maybe three events that are in person, but then they have like 10 events that are virtual and they actually start to sell a annual membership uh, where people can choose uh, which one do they want to participate in. Uh, or sometimes they actually do regional uh, meetups uh, in person. Uh, but then actually have a lot of virtual uh, as well. So, so basically you can imagine having a, uh, instead of selling one, uh, one particular pass for one particular conferences, they're selling you know, uh, a membership uh, for the whole year. Uh, so a lot of the professional uh, organizations, uh, you know, like investor groups uh, or like, you know, marketer groups, we're seeing more and more, uh, you know, organization adopt this type of model. Uh, so they, they always do either in person or virtual, but they have a mixture of those throughout the year. I love that. I mean, I also belong to entrepreneur organization here in Los <laughs> Angeles, and they have regional events, local events, national events. And honestly, what having gone through the pandemic, I think a lot of learning or, you know, educational session, you know, I'm also on the board. So we're like, we should just keep those online. But when it yeah. comes to like the fun or interactivity or connection, you know, then that's definitely do those in person, right? Because yeah. we're so busy. I don't want to be driving, especially in Los Angeles. I don't want to be driving like two hours to Santa Monica and then back, right? So you yes. could just, I could just log on, do the session and then I'm done. You know, so having that hybrid, I love your suggestion. Those are some, those are fantastic. So we talked about a little bit about virtual and the hybrid events. And then how about in the overall event industry? Do you also see any trends that in the coming, maybe this year or next year that you're seeing? Um, yeah. So I guess one thing, maybe people already know that it was when we, when we do some surveying asking, hey, are you guys ever gonna you know, go back to physical? We actually started to see a lot of event organizers saying, hey, 
uh, you know, obviously most people say they're going to consider some type of hybrid, uh, but we have around 30% say, no, I'm just going to go pure virtual, uh, which is something that we didn't expect because when, when we did the same survey last year, you know, very few people say, I'm only going to do virtual. I'm never going to do anything in person again. That was, that, that would sound really crazy last year, but this year we're actually seeing more and more uh, event organizers saying that. Um, that's, that's number one. Number two, uh, we're seeing that uh, a lot of the event organizers have started adopting the membership-based model. Uh, and, and so they start kind of charging for annual membership with more predictable revenue uh, throughout the year. Uh, so in that case, they became like, hey, let me charge you maybe like say something between $200 or sometimes $300, whatever for, for a whole year. And you can participate in, uh, you know, as 10, uh, 10 virtual events or like whatever, one in-person events, and they have the whole budget where they don't need to worry about attendance for one particular event. Instead, they have a portfolio strategy where they have multiple events, uh, they have the budget. They, we, we found some organizers are able to kind of obtain the money upfront uh, in the beginning of the year, uh, and then they start kind of allocating their budget throughout the year. So if, for, for those type of event entrepreneurs, it's a great way to make sure they have uh, you know, uh, moderate risk, uh, but at the same time, also they, they can expand more members who, who then pay them annually as well. So that can be an interesting model. We're seeing some tractions among the event entrepreneurial type, which means they're trying to make money from the events. Um, that seemed to work uh, quite well. Um, the other thing we're seeing among kind of the companies uh, in terms of marketing events and sales events uh, is that you know uh, the data has become a more important uh, asset. So um, historically, I would say last year, the most important data is just how many people sign up for the events. Uh, now we're seeing those organizers are getting more advanced. Uh, so we actually launched something recently that uh, tells you who is the most engaged audience of your, of your event uh, and who is interacting with your call to action or your register interest button, uh, you know, most frequently. Uh, so things like that are, has been kind of asked by our organizer. They say, hey, I want to know who are more likely to be the people that will come to my next event uh, and who is who, who has shown more interest in, you know, actually buying something. So I, th I think the more sophisticated data uh, to not only obtain but also predict uh, the you know participants' future behavior is something that we're starting to see again uh, that are getting more attraction this year. Yeah, that's wonderful, and I, I could definitely see how you know we could even use that in our own in our event that we produce, right? Because we yeah. want to know who the most engaging person is, and mm -hmm. you know a lot of time they become like your ambassador, right? Mm -hmm. Like I mean, went to all the sessions, she did all the networking, she went to all the cocktail parties, you know? And a lot of time we also even use these as gamification. So to uh -huh. make it fun and we end up doing like a leaderboard and giveaway prizes, right? Yeah. Again, there's so many ways to make virtual event fun. And I know a lot of people always say like, oh, like I'm just so tired of virtual. And I just tell them it's because you haven't been to one that's really fun. You know, you probably yes. just hop on the virtual and then did the meeting and then hop off. Right. Yes. So the definition of a virtual experience is very different. You know, so I love what you share. I think my favorite is definitely like the data. I love yes. data. Yep. 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 <laughs> and they can actually use it and then scale, you know, their program. So I think that's super strategic. What a great feature that you guys added. And in terms of like, how do you really think virtual event platform will evolve as we get back to in-person events. I know you talk a little bit about it, but maybe it could go a little bit more in depth. Yes, for sure. Um, I think there's probably two things. Uh, one is that we still believe that virtual events, uh, pure virtual events will still 
uh, be part like be uh, something that's going to be continuing to be popular. Uh, but the use cases are going to be more focusing on the regular cadence. So um, I personally, this is my personal uh, guess, uh, you know, the massive conferences probably will still have a lot of the in-person element. Uh, but the pure virtual events are, will be really handy in things like you know trainings or workshops. Uh, or like sometimes you may have want to have like meetups. Uh, those are the things that you can host every other week or every month. Uh, those things are going to continue to be virtual only. Uh, so that's one thing. Uh, and then the other thing we're kind of seeing is that uh, for, for the hybrid, obviously, there still seem to be a debate. Uh, I mentioned two different types of hybrid. One is that you have one event that has both the virtual and the physical element. The other is where you just do virtual and you do you do in person, but then you combine them as a hybrid membership. Uh, it's it's kind of remains to be seen which which one is going to be the more dominant model. I would say for different purposes, uh, this two model may be different for different people. If you're a marketing, if you're a company who want to do like massive marketing moment, it maybe it's better to you know accumulate all your uh, you know all, all your energy into one massive day that has both the virtual and the, and the physical component. In that case, the hybrid that has like all the component combined in one day may seem to be the best, you know, in terms of getting the most marketing, um, you know, power and generating the most buzz. Um, but if you're a more uh, more membership focused professional organization or entrepreneurial society, uh, or you're in the customer success, you know, segment of the company where it's more about maintaining relationship with the customer. Uh, in that case, the hybrid membership model um, seem to make more sense where you can, it's really about the retention of, of your group and making sure everybody, you know, is, is consistent to be uh, engaging throughout the year. Uh, so that model seems to work better. Uh, those are some of the things we kind of learn uh, and we predict will happen uh, in, in the years ahead. Wonderful. Yeah, people got a taste of virtual, right? So many of our events used to be national. Now they're international. Yep. <laughs> you know, and even regional, kind of like your mom, like she was supposed to go to the conference, right? But she's not able uh -huh. to go. That's why I think that's a great story. But, you know, a lot of events that we do then now, you know, because of the reach, a lot of clients is like, okay, what's our hybrid or future virtual strategy? So the conversation, the industry is really evolving you know, because of this pandemic, right? Sometimes you don't know what you don't know. And once you experience it, especially if it's successful and you leverage it the right way, it can really amplify not only your reach, but also the success of continue to further build your brand in that capacity. So I think I already know the answer to my next question, but I'm going to ask anyways. Okay, cool. great. What was your favorite event that Run the World hosted recently and why? Oh, interesting. Uh, we had a, obviously, I think it's really hard to pick one particular favorite event, uh, but I would say uh, recently there is an American Voters uh, Summit. I'm, I'm really kind of into uh, making sure that there is a voice for people. So uh, so that, that was American Voters uh, Summit. Actually, Trevor Noah was there. Uh, it, it, was, uh, it was really about like kind of accumulating power. People can unite together to kind of, uh, and providing more kind of opportunity for activists uh, to meet each other and connect with each other around the issue they care about. Um, the other thing I personally really care about is kind of the, uh, the end and the kind of the stop Asian hate uh, movement uh, a couple months ago. So we had um, a, like one of like the largest virtual uh, virtual kind of like a conference, but is it like a virtual summit, uh, virtual gathering for people who want to rally around stop Asian hate. 
uh, movement uh, a couple of months ago. In, uh, and actually, it was originated by a bunch of um, technologists in Silicon Valley, and uh, it became really popular. And then a lot of the kind of the you know head of Instagram was there. A lot of really famous and renowned uh, you know uh, entrepreneurs was there. Uh, investors were there, and they were also able to get the the lawmakers uh, and the politicians uh, in in the Bay Area. Uh, and actually in California as well to be there. Um, so it was like a really rare moment where you can see like the, the activists, the entrepreneurs, the, uh, the Asian American community representative are talking directly with the politicians and the lawmakers about their concerns. And, and then and, and hear them have direct dialogue uh, where everybody can be part of the conversation. Uh, it was something that was super exciting uh, to, to see that, you know, our platform can be a, uh, a platform uh, that enables like social change and kind of really hope for the better uh, and, and drive better changes for the society as well. I love that. I wish I knew about that event because here I, <laughs> I should have invited you. Yeah. Yeah. We were also promoting because we felt like, yes. you know, not a lot, there was not a lot of awareness, you know, yeah. like I would talk tell people about it. And then we were invited to speak to different events media or different just general, you know, business media. And they're like, yeah, stop Asian hate for what? I'm like, you don't even know what's happening. Let me show you the articles. Let me talk about this. Yeah. You know, a lot of people's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't even know. Yeah. Right? yeah so yeah. I think it's like, it's important for us to speak up and kind of share these information. And I love that you're using your platform for a bigger purpose too, in that way. So Xiaoyan, what's the best way for the audience to get in touch with you or if they are interested in checking out your platform? Yeah, so thank you so much. Uh, our platform, uh, you know, it's kind of the Beyonce song who run the world is <laughs> run the world out today. Uh, and then you can find me on LinkedIn uh, and also Twitter, but I mostly use LinkedIn more uh, than Twitter nowadays, uh, I guess. My name is X-I-A-O-Y-N is my first name and Q-U is my last name. It's really hard to pronounce, but it really uh, pronounces Xiaoyin Chu. So really happy to be here. And thank you for inviting me. That's wonderful. And then just some key takeaways that I took away today, you know, is the cocktail party is super fun. So make sure you guys check out this Run the World. We have definitely, you know, um, checked out our fair share of virtual platforms. So make sure you check out this one. And Xiaoying says 60 minutes, that's your magic number. So next time you wanna do a 90 minute or 180 minute or just anything over 60, think about what Xiaoying said, okay? And then last but not least, like in terms of the hybrid events, you could really separate that engagement and do a deeper dive, whether it's for the in-person and virtual respectively for better engagement and better outcome. Amazing, thank you so much Xiaoying. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. <laughs> Thank you, Xiaoyun, for joining us today. And for those of you that are tuning in, if you have any questions or you're interested in working with Xiaoyun, please feel free to reach out to her. Thank you for tuning in for today's episode of Event Up. If your company is looking to level up your event experience, we are your solution. We do all the work, you take all the credit. Check out our upcoming webinar where we will be covering a variety of topics. Go to our website to register. Don't forget to share and subscribe for more episodes. And if you love what you heard here today, feel free to share and let more of your friends know so they can know about Event Up. We will chat with you next time. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time on Event Up. <laughs>